like even with my career like believe it or not the reason why my career is the way it is is because i would i i was like fiending for solidification from my fans and my supporters and anything they said to me negative i took that to the heart like maybe they right maybe i am a one-hand wonder maybe i'm not as good as i think i am at dancing maybe like it's over with for me for real maybe i just need to give it up you know what i'm saying like i fed off that like i took that and ran with it that love it is like a drug right that what they say is love is a drug because it activates that serotonin it activates all those chemical balances imbalances that make you feel high right and it's hard when you're not getting that from the people that you think are supposed to support you no matter what these people that are supposed to love you no matter what right these people that say like oh yeah we're always gonna love you i always got your back and when you're not getting that from them it's like damn like what happened to you two seconds ago? This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And today we got a very special guest. You know who it is. The Bob King of Chicago. Well, we young. Go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. What up, world? D-Lo, Bob King. Y'all already know the vibes, man. We lit. We turned up today. It's going to be one of those, for sure. I already know most of you probably know like who he is, but... For those who don't, go ahead and give them a little background on you. I'm a 26-year-old musician from Chicago. Um, I've created platinum records, D-Lo Shuffle, Do It Like Me. Um, I've been on two world tours, craziness. Um, and I'm just a vibe. I like just having a good time. I like people. I love people. I love just having fun and just being myself for real. And you're going to get a lot of that today. Make sure you guys go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. And make sure you watch this interview. We're going to go over his success, his highs, his lows, as well as, you know, who he really is now. Man, so you've done a lot. You know, D-Lo Shuffle, Do It Like Me, like you said, two world tours, as well as, you know, appearances on the biggest talk shows in the world, Ellen, Steve Harvey's show. I know that's your favorite. Yeah, I love that one, man. You've been signed to two record labels, Atlantic and TVMG. Yeah. Out of all those moments, you know, I know there's a lot of bad that goes into it but a lot of good as well what would you say is one of your most proud moments out of those one of my most proudest moments in my career um for those who know me and who follow me notice the connection i have with my mom right my mom has been my biggest inspiration motivation my biggest everything um and when i first started music my mom never got to see me perform you know she used to just hear stuff about me she see me on steve harvey and stuff like that so my mom she um she was a drug addict and she was just going through a lot, you know. Um, so my biggest highlight of my career was I had a show here in Chicago. I was on tour. I was on the Let's Dance tour. Me, Silento, I Heart Memphis, the guys that created the Nene Dance, We Are Tunes. Um, we did a tour called Let's Dance, and we sold out here in Chicago at um, the Chicago Theater. And I got to bring my mom out on stage with me, and we shared a moment where I made a song dedicated to her, and she was just up there chilling, having a great time. So that was my highlight. You know, I did a lot of great things. I met a lot of great people, and it's such a blessing, and I'm forever grateful for it. But that's my biggest moment ever. How would you say that moment was important to your growth as both a person as and as an artist? I know you've been through a lot as a person, right? And I feel like hearing that story, it might have brought a lot of closure, if not, but... What, how would you say it has helped you? Just like coming from where I come from and just going through everything I went through with my mother, like I felt like there was no outlet. You know, there was no getting better. There was no overcoming it for real. And just to be able to fight through all of the ups and downs, the trials and tribulation and all the adversity and be able to sell out a show and bring her and let her see 
exactly what she created because without her that's not me you know just letting her see what she created it just it just made me realize like it's never about what you go through you always grow through what you go through you know you always it's always light at the end of the tunnel you know some people get thrown out track or get blinded because of the struggle but if you fight if you keep fighting if you never give up if you never fall and stay down you can always win that's what I learned from that. Hit them with the powerful r- words real. already. For real, bro. I always think about the analogy of a phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. How a phoenix, you know, you can it burns to the ground it ri- and it rises from the ashes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what your story reminds me of, right? Yeah. You're always being pegged down. There's always a lot of hate being thrown your way sometimes. And there's been a lot of shit that's happened in your life. Yeah. For the people that don't know, you know, what's one of those moments that you think that really shaped you one of the moments that really shaped me into being who i am today um when i was younger i stayed with my grandparents um because my mother and my father wasn't around so my grandmother she took care of me and my two older sisters and my two younger brothers and i i had one younger sister at the time but i got another one it's seven it's seven of us in total but it was six of us then but we stayed with my grandmother and my grandma my she struggled to take care of us financially she struggled to take care of us physically. She had this um, disease called lupus where it was like fighting against her blood cells and all that, fighting her organs and all that. And my grandma used to get up every day at like 6 in the morning, get us ready for school. We had to walk like two miles to her job because we didn't have enough money for bus or none of that. And we didn't have nobody even to consider helping us out, you know. So we used to have to walk to her job. And we sleep, we slept in her locker room. You know, they go in the locker room to change their clothes. And she was a security guard um, at the Aragon Arena, the same arena I sold out. Mm. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. So she um, she didn't have no resources, no help or none. So we used to walk to her job every day, sleep inside her security changing room until it was time for us to go to school. Our school was around the corner. So... We was dealing with that, right? And my grandfather, he was he was there, but he had, you know, a lot going on with his family, right? So we, we dealt with that for about four or five years. And my grandfather, he passed away. They found him dead in the alley. His brain exploded. He had a brain aneurysm. And then, like, a year later, my grandmother, she died from cancer. And just seeing, just seeing her go through everything she went through, dealing with all us and our different attitudes and trying to adjust us and get us ready for the real world and how much she fought and how much she had to endure that just made me like realize like this life that we live is just like give or take what you make it right the decisions you make the fight you give the desire you have to to be something or to to win it's like all within self man and I I never loved myself. I've always had this thing where I needed like people to give me the confirmation I needed about me, mm-hmm. and that that shit used to break me bad. You know what I'm saying? So just seeing my grandma just be as strong she was, not needing no confirmation from anybody, not needing no solidification from nobody, and just grinding and making it happen. That's that's what made me who I am. That that's made that that is what made me the hustler and the grind that I have right now is just all because of her for real. Man, I got two questions that immediately like came to mind, right? That can transition to anything. 
But I first want to touch on that, you know, lack of self-love. Where do you feel like that came from? Just my life. You know, I've always had the bare minimum in my life. And that's no excuse. You know, life is what it is. Like, I feel like I'm going to say that a hundred times in this interview. But just like having the bottom of the bottom, you know, and being around people that got more and just trying to fit in and trying to just like gain access to like some type of confidence I'm saying like for a small period of time I felt like just because my mom chose drugs over me she didn't love me you know for a small period of time I just I was just in a in a space where I just looked at everything that way I really don't even know like exactly where that transitioned from but it's been a thing for me my whole life from friendships to relationships to relationships with family members like I've always needed some type of solidification to feel like I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like this past year on this journey where I'm just finding myself and loving myself and figuring out who I am, like what I like and what gives me comfort and what makes me uncomfortable and stuff like that. And I feel like that's why I'm in a gym as much as I am now. That's why I've been working out. Just, that's why you swole. You know, just <laughs> trying to like find that solidification within myself. Cause like trying to find that within other people, man. Like you don't, it it, it never works. I, I well for me. Let me speak for myself. It never works for me. Like never, ever, ever, ever works for me. And I just felt like I needed it, man. That shit was like a drug to me. Like I needed you to let me know that I was handsome, that I was smart, that I was whatever for me to feel that way about myself. Like even with my career. Like, believe it or not, the reason why my career is the way it is is because I, w- I, I was, like, fiending for solidification from my fans and my supporters. And anything they said to me negative, I took that to the heart. Like, maybe they right. Maybe I am a one-hit wonder. Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am at dancing. Maybe, like, it's over with for me for real. Maybe I just need to give it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I fed off that. Like, I took that and ran with it. That love, it is like a drug, right? That What they say is love is a drug because... It activates that serotonin. It activates all those chemical balances, imbalances that make you feel high, right? And it's hard when you're not getting that from the people that you think are supposed to support you no matter what. These people that are supposed to love you no matter what, right? These people that say like, oh, yeah, we're always going to love you. I always got your back. And when you're not getting that from them, it's like, damn, like, what happened to you two seconds ago, right? I see it more now. I mean, obviously, like, I'm not... I'm not a huge podcast, but we got those reels that, like, a lot of people are like, damn, he really said something here. Oh, that was lit. And then someone else says, like, oh, like, this guy can't talk properly or, or some other some stupid shit. Right. And to me, it's to me, it's like, all right, that's interaction. You're just upping my views. You're just upping me. Right. But at the same time, it does create that self-doubt, you know, when your video didn't hit this amount of views or your video isn't getting the amount of love that you think. Right. And let's not even talk about it as artists. Let's talk about it as people, right? Talk about it as people, right? When you're not getting the love that you think you deserve from somebody that's consistently saying that, oh, I love you. I love you as much as this. But your actions don't say so, right? Your actions aren't showing me that you're willing to make shit work or your actions aren't showing me that you really care about me like you say you do. It's one of those things that, okay, so if you're not going to give it to me, who is now I'm kind of stuck here. So that's just one of those things, right? 
And man, there's so much more we could talk about relationships, but I (laughs) (laughs) for real. I also want to touch on what you said about your grandma, right? She made you a hustler. She made you want to grind super hard, right? And one of those songs that I took was from Big Sean's Blessing, right? He says, blessings on blessings on blessings. Look at my life, man. That's lessons on lessons on lessons. And after watching all your interviews, I really thought about it. I'm like, you know, all these blessings that you received, right? All these blessings that you received early on with the early success, with the D-Lo Shuffle, Do It Like Me, all that success can get to you at such a young age. You were how old? 17, 18? 17. Okay. So look at that. 17, 18 years old. But you had to go through all of this shit before you even got there. Lessons on lessons on lessons. All these lessons that you learned prior to that, as well as the lessons that impacted you after. You know, we just had a conversation off camera about some other shit that was just like, that's a whole nother lesson that you had to learn eight years after your success and it's never going to end. That's the type of shit that comes at you with life, right? August Alcina, this thing called life, all these questions run through your mind. Like who is policing the police? You know, do you really love me? All that type of shit. That's the type of shit that runs through your mind. And the question I had with, for this was like, with that early success, you know, how did it impact you? Because like you said, your grandma, pushed you to be a hustler she made you a hustler and now you reached it you hustled to the point where you became the biggest dance sensation in chicago across the nation so how did that impact you when i first gained that success from d-lo shuffle it was like it was surreal like who would ever thought like me and our people get a chance to like do something I really love doing in front of the world, in front of my family, in front of my peers. It's like around those times, like the only fo- the only focus I had then was to have fun and make the best out of that situation. I wasn't worried about no business. I wasn't worried about dotting my eyes, crossing my T's. I wasn't. I just wanted to have fun. I wanted to take care of my family. I wanted to take care of my friends. I wanted to be around all the women. I wanted to just explore a life that I never thought that I have. Um, But as time progressed, it's like, that's a dangerous lifestyle to live. You know what I'm saying? Especially if if you're not prepared for it mentally, it's like, so, 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 so dangerous, man, for real. And, I'm only saying that because why why I'm at now in my life, all the people, all the things, all anything that I ever had access to, I don't have access to right now. You know what I'm saying? All the emotions, all of the sacrifices that I I, I took for that, it's like for no reason. And that's mainly because like my intentions always been like to just do the best I can for people, for my career, for myself. And it's like people don't really be genuine. People don't really have your best interests. People be for the moment. You know what I'm saying? My grandma, she 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 showed me how to hustle. I took that hustle and created something that I was just doing because it was my passion. That turned into money. That turned into popularity. That turned into recognition from idols just for it all to be like taken away Mm. and i feel like that's where um 
that's where the whole depression and anxiety and all of the mental issue things come into play because it's just like it's confusing it's frustrating it's like I came from nothing to having everything that I ever imagined to like losing it all mm-hmm. off of decisions and off of just like being gullible off of being an opportunist off of being just like unaware and I know I had this conversation with people a lot and a lot of the time people just like well you can't fault yourself because you was young cool 100% but then as time transitioned I didn't transition with time mm-hmm. I was still stuck at that phase where I felt like that's I was at that comfortable stage where I was at and time was going and I'm just like okay time I'll catch up with you when I get there but let me have this moment and I prolonged that moment for so long and I allowed people to just gain access to me in ways that they shouldn't and I know you asking me questions, and I'm just going so far off topic, no, but good, that's what it's about, right? Like I said, it's about being the real you and being able to talk about those situations because what it does is it really does open up more questions, right? And it opens up things that people really want to hear about. I think that, that, like I said, we made this so that we can get to know the artists. We made this so that artists can feel comfortable and be able to open up with us. So, you know, you sharing that, you know, I really think about it like, yeah, you allow your people to access you in certain ways that they shouldn't be able to access you, right? A lot of the times you give people energy that's like, fuck, like, why did I ever give that to them? Um, My my examples always go back to relationships, right? Because I think about that shit all the time. I'm like, that's why, hey, that's why we're sad boys, bro. Sad boys for real. Let me tell you this. Listen, and this, my my supporters, my fans, people might look at me different after this, but it's like, I just feel like, honestly, it's like love don't live here with me no more. Why is that? I've been through so much with relationships. So I can give you so many. Like, I just did a, I did a podcast, and my girl was at the podcast with me. And I was praising her so much about how she this and she that and this, that, and the third. But it's like, you never know who people really is. It's, it's like, I'm genuine. Like, when I fall in love with you, I fall in love with you. Anybody you ask that really know me, I tell you, like, can't nobody tell me nothing about you. Can't nobody take me away from you. Can't nobody make me look at you differently. I, I'm going to figure out who you are within myself. And if I fall in love with that person, that's who I fall in love with. They they not with us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like like even situations like like this. Like me and my ex I was just with, we was together. We was going through a lot of things, a lot of different things. But we just stayed with it. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? And I had this homie. You feel me? And me and her broke up, and him and her was talking to each other. Whatever the case was, they was talking to each other, right? When I brought this to her face, she swore that she didn't talk to him. And I called this man on the phone just to, like, solidify it. She left out the door. She left out the door, bro. Got in her car, drove. You know what I'm saying? I hung up on him, blocked him, blocked a couple of my other homies, and I called her and just begged her to come back home and let's fix this, right? Just for us to break up. And six months later, him and her be texting each other and linking up with each other and still doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I completely, like, put you before. And it it was the it was in my face. It was right there in my face. But I'm so blinded by love that I completely dismissed anything that I think is going to take me away from that comfort. 
And not this is just not with her though. This is where everybody I be with. That's the type of lover I am. And that's what they say that love is blind. That you're blinded by love because it's just I don't know I don't know what the fuck it is, bro, but it's a fact, bro. That's how I used to be that I and that's what happens when you turn it off, right? That's what happens when you're like, "All right, I'm good. I don't need it in my life." And that's when people say you're an asshole, right? That's when girls start to say like, "Oh, he don't care." The truth of the matter is, I really don't care anymore. But that's because somebody had hurt me so bad to the point. I care. You feel me? Like right now, like it's plenty of females I can be with right now mm-hmm. at this moment in my life. And I'm not even taking my past situations out on them. I'm just at a point in my life where I just identified that I always approach things a certain way. Every situation, I'm approaching them the same way. So I just want to fall back for a second and just know me, love me, understand me, so I can get to a point where I'm comfortable enough with myself that I'm not even looking for that from nobody else. I'm not looking for nothing but a good time. You really got to love yourself before you can love anybody else, right? It's impossible to be in love with somebody else and not love yourself. Mm. It's impossible. It's like so hard to do that, bro. And that's just my opinion. Other people might think other type of ways, but in my opinion, you can't love nobody without loving you. Mm. You can't try to know somebody and you don't know yourself. That reminds me of this one thing. Um, So we talked about it, you know, the future kings, not Alan, but his brother, Isaiah, Isaiah. He was on a podcast where they say that where this he says it, that this girl had once told me that I can't know who you are until you know who you are. The deepest level I can know you is how deep you know yourself. And that shit hit me. I was like, damn, that was some real shit. That that was so dope. I literally saw that clip and I was like, I got to watch the whole interview. But the album I need you to check out, bro, is Giveon's new album, Give or Take. I, I love Giveon. That's my dog, for sure. I got to I gotta lock in on the album. I've been hearing good stuff about it, for sure. Two episodes ago, I made a whole fucking episode just based off three songs because I really felt like it. So basically what he says is, you know, this album's for the 20-something-year-olds who love love but can't have it right now whether it's because you can't accept it whether you don't want it or you're just not ready for it and that's why the episode was titled i'm not ready for love so go check it out um i love that even at the end he says that you know love will give you what you need and take what you don't appreciate and that's why i think it's called give or take but i'm not sure i'm gonna need that interview for (laughs) real for real bro so let's go back to the topic right you know, you talked a lot about a bunch of different situations and that, you know, what did you learn? But what was the biggest lesson that you took away while coming up with that success? I think my biggest lesson that I've learned from then to now and during all this success is just to be aware. Pay attention. I'm saying a lot of things don't be what they what they seem, but in the moment you can't really identify them because, one, you're probably not paying attention to you just probably don't want to know. You know what I'm saying? That, and I feel like that was that's what I was doing a lot, too. It's like I knew certain things was what they was, but I just didn't want it to be that way, so I just totally ignored it until it was like I'm... It was in your face. Yeah, until I couldn't, like, ignore it anymore. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like I just wanted to be more aware. I wanted to be more aware with my business, more aware of my love life, more aware with my surroundings, the people I got around me. Just, like, pay attention, man, because... I move so fast, man. I mean, and st- still to this day, 
it's like still something I'm, I'm working on right now as we speak is just to like slow down and just understand and go with the, the motion and just move the right way. You know what I'm saying? Just the other day, I was like going, me, me and my best friend was going to a party and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I was, um, I was in the car with her and I was drunk and all that. You feel me? And I got out the car and I walked around to where the party was at and left her in the car. She was just sitting in the car for like two hours and she finally left. You know, my phone was all broke so she couldn't call me. But it's like one of those situations where I should have been more aware to just understand like, yo, relax. You a little lit, but you got somebody with you. They sitting there. You know how your phone broke. Just like pay attention, like things like that. Like even though that's like, but it's just like, I just want to be more aware with everything. You feel me? I just want to pay. I am going to be more aware with everything. I am going to pay attention more. So that's. That's just a little example, you know. There's so many bigger examples that... Man, you don't even know. <laughs> but that's what it is. I just want to be more aware with everything. If you guys want to find out what those are, go watch his other interviews. For real. <laughs> You've been through a lot, right? You've been through so much in your life, and we keep alluding to that, right? You've been through... I can't even name everything, but, you know, as far as being aware, I think of, you know, the first record deal with Atlantic and, you know, the song being misplaced and all that, right? And the interview with, uh, I forgot, I think it's, what's the word? Mm -hmm. You say, I can't let my life put me in a position to be someone I don't want to be. And I thought that was an amazing thing to say, right? Yeah. Because you really can't, you can't let life beat you to this person that you look in the mirror and you're like, damn, I really hate who I am right now. I hate feeling like this because I feel like that a lot of the times, right? I feel like when someone accuses me of something, it's like, damn, I'm, I'm not that person, I'm not a bad person, and you're really out here, like, painting me as this picture of somebody I'm not, and it makes you think, like, am I really as bad as, like, they're telling me I am? I really could go so deep with this, but it's like, do it. that's just, like, what, what, that's what it really is. It's like, you doing things a certain type of way. You know what I'm saying? And you doing it, like, to the best of your ability. Like, you not even, you don't have no ill intentions or you not, but it's like, from a different perspective, it's coming off like you being an asshole or a jerk or, like, the reason why your relationship's not working is because you keep saying they don't understand you or they not doing this, but maybe it's really just, like, you, like, not identifying what really needs to go on. And you live in a certain type of way, you consistently doing the same thing and being the same person, and you expecting a different outcome is, like, insane. And that's how I was living my life. I was doing the same thing and just trying to see, like, if I can get different results. And everybody was looking at me like, bro, like, no, like, come on now. Like, really, pay attention to what you're doing. And then I feel like that's, like, the disconnect. It's like you thinking that you just, like, this perfect person. You thinking that you got it figured out. You thinking that you understand. But society and the world outside of you is looking at you like, mm. There's no, something wrong no, here. Yeah, and nobody really, nobody's perfect. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing I love about life, right? That nobody's perfect. There's no perfect people in this world and everybody's shaped in a different way. Whether it's what life made them into or how they overcame the traumas that they come from, right? So for you, who's that person that you don't wanna be? There's so many ways I wanna answer this. I'm just trying to figure out the right way. I feel like I just don't wanna be the person that, that feels like that I have all the answers. I don't want to feel. I don't want to be the person that. I want to say a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like a narcissist is used in a specific way for a specific, like situation. But I just feel like that word goes so far with life. Like you can be a narcissist in every aspect of life, be controlling and trying to 
think you know it all and trying to make people be a certain type of way to fit how you feel or like so many different things but i don't want to be a narcissist a narcissist to society i i want to be able to just have a satisfaction of knowing that my presence and me doing what i'm doing is just like beneficial to everything and everybody i want to have the the satisfaction of knowing that just me being delo is an inspiration and a motivation and and it it changes people's lives just off that alone. You know what I'm saying? That's who I want to be. I think you transitioned perfectly into, you know, the next topic, you know, being an inspiration, being a dance legend, being a dance legend in Chicago, you know, you've worked with so many different people yeah. from hosting world of dance. You know, the first the first time I had seen you after the duo like me was with TFK at World of Dance. Yeah, we turned up. I was like, damn, like they got they got D Lo, right? Because at that time, you know, it's popping and TFK's just coming up. So for that moment to have taken place, it was like, damn, like and I keep seeing you around, right? Just like I said, you post a DJ drip. You keep giving back to Chicago. You keep on, giving man. back to these artists, That's these young artists that don't necessarily have, you know, even coming here, like like I said, another young artist that is just going to benefit from the platform. And that's something I wanted to give you your flowers on was that I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate that, bro, for sure. But the question I did have for you was, you know, what does it mean to you to be a dance legend in Chicago? I mean, it, it means the world to me. Just to be accepted where I'm from, where I poured my heart out, where I gave my soul, my, my everything to, just to be able to just be accepted is enough for me. You know, I don't I don't look for nothing. Majority of my career, eighty percent of the things I did here in Chicago, free. It, it's never been about money. You know, this the crib, this home. You know, this my safe haven. Um, so it's 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 a surreal feeling. I'm grateful, and I just want to give gratitude to everybody that's ever supported me, and everybody that still support me now. You know what I'm saying? I just want to thank y'all because you know, without y'all, none of this would be possible. But I mean, it it, it feels good. It feels amazing, and I just want to keep growing and building off that. It don't, it don't stop that where it's at right now. You know, I know it's been a little minute since anybody heard anything from me, but that's just because I'm getting better with time. I'm getting better with myself. I'm just getting better with life. Um, I'm at a point right now where I'm stable. I'm not the best form of myself that I could be, but I'm stable. So I'm about to drop another dance, and I'm about to start back dropping more music and flooding them. You know, they deserve it. You know, I remember... When I dropped, that's when life was like at its peak of fun and turned up and just it was it was a joy to be a part of that. It was a joy to stand for something and fight for 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 something, you know. And we're gonna continue to do it, you know. It, it gets better now because of where I am mentally and what I know. The experience is there now. So this this go round, this stretch that I'm about to have. It's really going to mean a lot to the culture. Just you saying that, you know, it took me back being nostalgic, you know. Man. You're going you're to be like, damn, you're that young. But I was 14 when D-Lo Shuffle dropped, right? So I was, I think back and I'm like, damn, like that shit was, yeah, that was peak, right? That was when a lot of things started happening for me, like different changes in life. So, man, that was just a great time, just like you said. I agree, bro. You being a dance legend in Chicago, you being a legend in Chicago, let's say legend in Chicago, right? Because that's what you really are. Yeah, appreciate that. You've talked about giving back to the community. You've talked about doing a whole bunch of different shit. And I think of the song, One Man Can Change the World by uh, Big Sean. Yeah. 
and I think this is, you know, perfect for what we've been talking about. It's if you love yourself, just know you'll never be alone. I hope you get everything that you want and that you chose, hoping that that's the realest thing that you'll ever know. I think it needed to be said three times as well to really hit because I think that's one of the truest things that has been said. And I was sitting down listening to the song and you can have all the success in the world, right? I hope you have all the success in the world, but really you do have to love yourself so that you'll never be alone. You can have, you know, the baddest girls, you can have the fastest cars, you can have all the money in the world. I mean, nothing. And at the end of the day, like when you have that feeling of emptiness, when you feel like, nobody loves you when you feel like you don't even love yourself and you sit there and you're like bro what the fuck am i even doing that's the emptiest feeling you could feel that's a fact if you're not happy with what you do if you're not happy with life nothing else matters bro i didn't have listen to me like me just outside of my deal just outside of like any support i didn't touch like three million by myself you know what i'm saying i didn't been to every state in the United States. I didn't been with models and the baddest at the baddest, you know what I'm saying? None of that matters, bro. None of it matters. If you not happy, you just feel so out of place. You feel so uncomfortable. So my advice to anybody that's upcoming, any artist, anybody that's doing anything in any field, like any profession, find happiness within that. Because if you don't, it's going to be a battle for sure. What do you think was the toughest mental battle that you had to face? I'm losing my mom. Yeah? Hands down. I gave up on life after that. I was always at this point where I was my mom's, like, savior. Anytime she got in trouble, anything she needed, any anything, that was me. I was 14, 15, 16, fighting 40-year-olds for her. My mom used to be strung out on the corner, and I used to pick her up. I took my mom to rehab like six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. I never gave up on her. And it was a stretch where I was so wrapped up into becoming D-Lo and doing all this and touring and whatever that I lost contact with her for a second. Because she, she used to do that. Like She used to go a month without being able to be found and then just pop up. You know what I'm saying? But within that month, I used to like make it my duty to figure out where she at, like what's going on. But I didn't do that this one particular time. And I made it back to Chicago, and she died in her sleep from an overdose. And I be having this conversation with my best friend all the time, and she be telling me, like, you can't be phoning yourself for that because it's only going to put you in this space. But it's like nobody really knows what I went through to make sure she was safe, to make sure she didn't die, to make sure she was okay. And I wasn't there to help her. I wasn't there to save her. I wasn't there... She probably called me. I was just so wrapped into like doing what I'm doing, this music shit that I allowed her to leave. I didn't say goodbye. I didn't see her. I didn't hug her. I didn't kiss her. I didn't talk to her. I, the next time I seen her was in a casket. Mm-hmm. And I live with that right now, today. It's the hardest thing I ever had to face in my life. Ever. I still have dreams about her. And I wake up out of my dreams so angry at life because, like, I want her to be right there with me. Mm-hmm. And it don't get easy, man. I just feel like as time progressed, it would have got better for me. You know what I'm saying? But I literally, like, gave up 
stop doing music, stop doing shows. I started popping ecstasy. I was addicted to ecstasy real bad. Real bad, bro. I was gaining weight. I was not dancing. Like, even still to this day. That's what I'm known for. But everywhere I go, they be like, yo, hit the D-Lo shuffle. Go crazy or something. And I just don't be having the excitement for that no more. But I still want to do it. I just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm disconnected with, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. I'm just disconnected with that right now. You just got to find yourself again and find that, you know, that happiness in life, that joy in life. And it really does come from, you know, within. And, you know, I've had multiple conversations with people that have lost a parent, right? I can't personally relate, and I can't sit here, and I don't want to give you a story to make you feel better, right? Because I can't do that. I don't know you like that. So especially me, like, it's going to be like, man, what's this dude talking about, right? But at the end of the day, like, my mom tells me I'm, I lost my grandma last year. I lost two grandmas last year. Sorry for that, bro, for sure. Thank you. But my mom tells me, like, you know, there's no loss like a parent, especially a mother. There, My mom didn't grow up with a dad. So she, she tells me all the time, she's like, you know, there's no loss like my mother because now I have nobody. It's like that's that's really the hardest loss. Mm-hmm. Like, really. Like, especially if, if, if you've seen your parent endure a lot in life. Like, I, 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 I see my mom get beat up a lot. I can do nothing. I was scared of him. I couldn't save her, but I made a promise to myself to always be there from that point on. And it's just like, once you feel like you don't live up to that 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 promise, that obligation, it's like you destroyed mentally. I'm destroyed mentally because of of that. And outside of that, like that's where my life went downhill. Because now I'm searching for that love from her through women. I'm trying to like love me like my mama was loving me. Like support me like that. Like. Make me feel like that, and I'm trying to force it from people that don't even know what love is, for real. Like, they know, like, they want to feed their flesh and have sex and want to laugh and take trips and all that. But some that that's not love. It's because you fucking somebody and y'all taking trips and doing all that. That's not real love, for real. And I honestly don't even know what real love is. I thought I knew, but obviously, like, I'm here single. Like, I don't know shit about real love, and I'm and I'm I'm... I'm trying to figure out what that is, though. And I feel like there's no true definition on love because people got their own way of defining what true love is. So I can't even say that I'm going to ever really know what love really is. But I just know how I want to be loved. And I know what I'm expecting and what I think, like, love is. And once I get that, then I feel like that's the solidification I need to know, like, that's my person. But right now, like, I'm chilling. Like, I'm on tour right now. You know what I'm saying? On tour with just, like, myself finding out who I am and just being okay being happy again you know i'm back in the studio making music i got a catalog of like 300 songs bro over the years of me just recording shit and just sitting it down because i'm just unsure of where i want to go or what i want to do it's like i keep bringing this up because my best friend she here right so it's like we be having these conversations where it's like we got something that we know we want to put out and we like talking about it like this gonna be that we gonna do that but then i come the next week and be like yo is you sure like this gonna work like, you sure this the route we want to take? It's like, I be so fucking unsure about everything. And I feel like that's just off of, like, what I've been through in life. And it's so crazy how life works. Like, one situation can literally have you feeling that way about every other thing in life. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just trying to find that balance. 
what I'm saying? I'm like trying to find that balance within myself right now. But that's the hardest thing I ever went through, losing my mom, for sure. Sad boys, for real. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so with all this hardship, right, like we said, we've been you've been through a lot. Not we've been through, but you've been through a lot, right? You've been through so much that it's like you've been fucked over. You've seen all this traumatic shit throughout your life. And we're taking it back to, you know, you being able to give back. Why do you continue to give back to all of these up-and-coming artists? Why do you continue to give back to a city that seems to have, you know, a lot of bad memories for you? You know, for all the good memories that are probably here, it seems like a lot of bad shit has also happened. Just because I really don't fault nobody about my adversity. What I went through, everything I endured is just God's plan for me. You know what I'm saying? God put me through these situations just to test my faith, to test my strength and my ability to just keep pushing and keep going. Um, so I really don't, I really don't take out what I went through on nobody. And plus, I just feel like people probably going through worse things than me. You know what I'm saying? Life is probably hitting somebody way harder than me. So if I, if somebody can look at me and see what I've been through and use my story and my struggle as inspiration for them to just keep going, I want that to be. I want that to be what it is. You know what I'm saying? I want them to look and just be like, yo, okay, Dito been through this and we going through similar things and he's telling me what he did. Let me just try this and see if I can win. And if they win off that, that's the breath of fresh air for me. You know, like, I'm not, I don't hold grudges, bro. And I'm not the type of person to just put none of my problems on, on nobody. And I feel like, it's been a blessing and a curse for me, but I just want to see everybody win. I just want to see everybody happy. So if I can come back and do something that's beneficial to somebody else's happiness, I'm down for it. If I can come back home to Chicago and do a free concert for two kids, let's do it. Let's go turn them two kids up and get them some hope or get them something that can make them feel good or feel the fire to make them chase a dream or something. You know what I'm saying? I just That's just me. That's just who I am, and I feel like I'm never going to change that. I'm never going to ever change that about myself. No matter what the situation is, I'm always going to stay true to just being a good person to life, to society, to people, and just approach situations with positivity. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if the situation has happened where it's just two kids, right, or if it's something on a smaller scale, but do you ever see yourself in those kids? Do you ever see yourself in the youth that, you know, something you wish you had or just something like that? You know what I'm That's saying? That's exactly what it is. It's like... I see so much of myself within the youth, this generation. Outside of all the craziness going on, outside of all of the mental problems going on with people and outside of how people handle stuff, like, I was there. I was once there. I understand. I just took a different route. I adjusted my mind a, d a different type of way, and I approached life <laughs> with a different type of point of view. And it's hard for other people to do that. It's hard for people to, to really take on the challenges like that but you don't judge them for that man you don't push them down while they already on the ground you just try to figure out a way to help build them up and that was dance for me that was D-Lo determined loyal optimistic willing to learn that's what that was for me positive anti-Chirac do it for the kids let them live like that was that that was the solidification for me and I just wanted to spread that throughout life just to show people like times get hard man but it's not ever about negativity negativity is like the most looked at thing because it's just like it's negative but 
once you start trying to look at things from a positive standpoint, like life can be so much more smoother. And it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Like some people don't even know what a positive life is. Don't even know what a positive mindset is. Don't even know how to look at things in a positive standpoint. Like it's like hard for people. So when they see people like me, like, oh, that's what it looks like. That's what it is. Like that's what I want from that. Like, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Even though I let negativity kind of like set me back, it's like positivity have always played a major role in my life. You got to understand the negative to understand the positive, right? It's like people say that you can't appreciate the sunshine when it never rains. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love that, right? Because I always, I feel, I just had a conversation with somebody. I feel like I really do appreciate the dark aspects of a lot of things when it comes to love, when it comes to relationships when it comes to just you know failing also you have to understand how it feels to fail to appreciate success right and understanding the dark side of things it gives you a much better appreciation for everything else i think that the fascination with that also comes from like life isn't perfect nothing in life is perfect just like we said there aren't no perfect people because if you were perfect then really what was the point in living right because all the shit that all the bad shit that happens to you that really builds you to who you are it gives you a story i was actually just talking about that with my homies yesterday we were chopping it up and he was talking about how he knew this one person amazing singer but they didn't have a story they didn't have anything about them that stood out but and they also weren't talking about anything that was real if you're not talking about something that can relate to somebody, I can appreciate your voice, but it doesn't mean anything to me. And it, it's not going to hit le- the same way that, you know, Gibeon album hits. It's not going to hit the same way that when Ed Sheeran talks about moving on with his life and reflecting on all the friendships he had. I know you could sit here and think about all the friendships you've had, all the friends you had back in the day, grew up with, and you see the different paths in life, right? Now, you mentioned D-Lo, right? Determined, loyal, optimistic, and willing to learn. How'd you come up with that? I just feel like those was the characteristics I needed in my life to be where I wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? I had to be determined to win. I had to be loyal to any and everything around me that made me happy or made sense for me. I had to be optimistic. I had to believe that things were going to happen, believe that things were possible, Not to be willing to learn everything about me in order to really succeed, in order to really give people who I am. So I was just living with that and just trying to, like, give people the motivation to just try to find out, like, what that is with you. Like, who are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? Like, what what do you think you need to be successful or to have a, a good life or to just be something? You know what I'm saying? So that just came, I just was thinking, and I literally was just sitting around thinking about it, like, my name D'Lo. I got D'Lo. I got D'Lo from my sister's girlfriend, my, my sister's boyfriend. We were young. My I was he was doing music and I was trying to rap. And his name was um I forgot what his name was for real. He used to call me Young Liger, like a lion and a tiger. The lamest shit you can ever think about. Like what the fuck is a, what? And I was running with that. I was like, all right, cool. I'm Young Liger. I'm mean, trying to rap. You know what I'm saying? But then it's just like what? So <laughs> after that, he started calling me D-Lo, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I ran with that. It worked out. It worked out. And it wasn't even determined, low, you're optimistic. None of that phrase was just D-Lo. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was in high school, bro, and I was playing basketball. And a lot of people always call me Darian. My, my real name, Darian. They couldn't pronounce it, so they just call me Darian. But every basketball practice, I had these black shorts on. So the black the basketball courts, the coach started calling me black. I'm like, what the fuck? Is, what? My name is Darian, bro. Like, everybody started calling me black. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, from that, I didn't like that. He started calling me D-Lo. And I'm like, look, my name is not black. My name is D-Lo. Call me D-Lo. So throughout high school, everybody started calling me D-Lo. And then it just became a thing. Yeah. It's just like, it just happened. So willing to learn. You mentioned, you know, putting out new music, this new wave for you, right? What are you going to take from what you've learned before? As far as, you know, the distribution process, that nothing doing with, you know, any past drama or anything like that. But as far as, like, your way of putting out this music, promoting it, stuff like that, using what you've learned before, how do you think this rollout will, you know, be? I think this is going to be the best form of, of D-Lo the artist that has ever surfaced. Like right now, um, I'm not going to speak too much about it, but I got a distribution deal right now, pending. You know what I'm saying? And normally when these things come around and I have conversations and it's benefit, like I said, I used to be an opportunist. Any opportunity that I had in front of me that I felt like was good for me, I was gone. Like, as long as you tell me it's okay, we good. Let's go. <laughs> that was so, I had fucked a little ass peanut brain back then, right? But now it's like, I just, I read the contract and then I met my best friend too. We read the contract. I'm like, yo, all right, let's have a conversation about it because these are the things that I, I, I identified about it and these are things that I know that I want to negotiate. And I like, my whole mindset about this shit is way different. Like, I understand what I, I want. I understand what I need. I understand what makes sense and what and what don't. Like, do it like me, when two times platinum, bro. I got 5% of that record. They took everything. Because D-Lo's, of the sample, right? Yeah, yeah. B- because of the sample. But then it's just like still, it's like the whole business aspect, the deal with the label. Like, I, they gave D-Lo Shuffle to Atlantic Records for $10,000. Cool. Atlantic Records shelf me. Until I made Do It Like Me. I was in L.A. I signed a deal with Capitol Records. As soon as I posted it on my social media, Atlantic Records legal department reached out to Capitol like, no, he's with us. So I had an option, like, fight. These niggas shelved you. They obviously didn't see your potential, didn't believe in you. D-Lo Shuffle was fucking crazy. How do you not bite that? So do you fight or do you just roll with the punches? I didn't fight Capital was ready to fight with me. We could have fought them. And no, I don't want to be there. I was hearing them out. They was talking good shit. And I ended up getting back with them. Worst decision ever. Because look, look where I'm at now. It's like a crazy ex. They don't want you and then they talk to you. Then nice they see some shit bit. going good on, good <laughs> with you. Then they come back and be like, yo, it's going to be different this time. I promise. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You're going to be happy. And then like for the first period of the relationship, it's cool. Then, like, yo, you just the same motherfucker you was. Like, I don't even know why I went back. I was just too gullible. I was being an opportunist. So, like, I just learned to just, like, really, like, take the initiative to understand things, to just read over them, figure it out. Like, this rollout going to be crazy. This time is going to be bizarre. And we're going to turn life up times a million this time, for sure. And it's just going to be so much more easy and so much more convenient for me because I understand, you know what I'm saying? I understand percentages. I understand publishing now. I understand masters now. Shout out to Process, my best friend for that shit too. Like, And then it's like, that's the most important thing that I just want to tell people. Like, 
have somebody in your life in your corner that really got your best interest. Like, and it's hard to identify that shit because you've been knowing people for so long and they come off a certain type of way. But it's like when I lost everything, every single friend I had back then. Don't call me, don't text me, don't talk to me, don't ask me, did I need some? Like, I used to have to beg people for money. Like, yo, bro, I'm really fucked up. Can you, you know? And then it's like, once they do that, they expect it back. Well, now, listen, that, what I'm, basically all I'm saying is, watch who you got around you. Really try to, like, your hardest, to your best ability to just figure out if they genuine or not. Don't take shit for, like, all right, let me just see the situation. And if they act right right now off this situation, then psh, we locked in for life. The hell no. Like really like pay attention to how they act in every different category of life when it comes to you and your well-being and your like sanity. You know what I'm saying? Just like take the initiative to do that shit for real. The last thing I did want to ask you, I feel like this interview, you know, it really did give insight to you and it really has shown the people a new side, right? Yeah. But we talked about you being a legend in Chicago, we talked about, you know, finding yourself, all this different shit. So at the end of the day, really, who is D-Lo now? I feel like this is going to be my last interview or podcast about my struggle. I feel like D-Lo right now is at, like, an all-time high internally with loving himself and, like, appreciating who he is and just, like, identifying, like, how special he is to life. Um, I feel like as this time from right now into like due time, the progression is really going to just be me just showing like how goofy and playful and loving I am. Um, I, I no longer, I no longer look for solidification through anybody only people that I look for solidification from is myself and God. Um, I don't fault nobody for nothing I've been through. Everything I've been through has been a learning experience, but I kind of like want to leave that shit in the past, right? I do this shit every interview. I live by this quote, yesterday's history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today's a gift. That's why it's called a present. So D-Lo now is living in the moment. I'm done living in my past. I'm done living in my fears. I'm done living in my anxiety, my depression. I'm strong. I'm handsome, I'm fucking talented, I'm gifted. I am one of those ones, and I'm in the rarest form ever, you know? So um, that's just what I want y'all to understand. Like, we lit, we back outside, we back living, and we, the most important thing is, like, we just back letting God take control, you know what I'm saying? We just back letting God grab the wheel, you feel me? We was taking our little driver's ed test for a minute, just, look, making them sit in the passenger seat, and we trying to drive, and, he directing us, but we not trying to really pay attention because we just like it's so unfamiliar. But we back letting him drive, and we in the passenger seat now, just chilling, seatbelt on though, just being safe at all times. But we really, we really going up, man. We really just like doing what makes us happy, makes us smile, and just beneficial to us externally and internally. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it is right now. We just living life the best way that we know how. I'm happy for you, bro. I, I really am because I really, you know, feel the energy and I see it in you. And I see that, you know, all that struggle. I That's the one thing I really did admire about you is that, you know, once I did all my research, once I was listening to everything, like the way that you're, you still view life, the way you're so optimistic still. And one song I do want you to check out. I know I keep referencing songs. I keep giving suggestions. Um, 
I'm pretty sure you probably heard it. That feeling by Allen, Allen the official, right? Hey, yo, that's a hard song. Yeah, I actually know. You know, niggas be like, "Yeah, I know what you're talking about." <laughs> yeah. Don't be know it. I actually know it exactly. Listen, I love Allen, man. Me and Allen has been locked in for like damn near since I dropped D-Lo Shuffle. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's 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 a good guy. You know, it's it's rare to find somebody that's so passionate about like other people. Like he literally just trying to bring knowledge and awareness to like us as a culture, us as a people. And Alan, if you're watching this, I know you're gonna watch this shit. This shit gonna go viral. We go really turn it up. But just thank you for who you are, bro. Thank you to TFK for who y'all always been. People don't even know how far back me and TFK go. Like so crazy. Cause they don't they don't know the history. You know what I'm saying? But fucking. it's neither here nor there. It's just a blessing just to see the upcoming of each and every one of them. You know, and congratulations to all y'all success and a message for everybody in the world. You know what I'm saying? It just came from nothing. Didn't have nothing or nobody or was just at a point in life where you were stuck. I just want to say I'm proud of you. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for staying true to yourself and just keep going. Life gets better. Time flies, but life gets better. So just stick to what you know. Stick to what makes you happy and just fight the adversity. Win. And when you win, keep winning. There's no limitation to winning. There's no limitation to growth. There's no limitation to just exceeding, to prevailing. Keep fucking killing it. You got this shit. I, you got this shit in the bag. And whatever you need from me, if we ever see each other, I got you for sure. That's going to be all, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, bro. Listen, I wanted to say this last thing. I've watched a couple of your interviews, bro. And I feel like you are one of those people that – you're really invested into just helping people know and identify who people are because there's so many different perceptions of who we are and we get judged so much as artists, as creators, as like people trying to do something or give something to life and people take it and kind of digest it their own way and you shed that light on who we really are. You give us a voice. You give us the voice. You are the voice. You know, dirt car. You the voice when it comes to this podcast shit. Because even your questions, you're not trying to set none of us up for failure or trying to ask us anything that's gonna harm us or make us contradict anything we've ever said before. Like you're a genuine person, and these this interview right here is so uplifting for me because it's just like I see your growth too, bro. I see where you headed, and I just want to let you know that anything you need from me, whatever, just let me know. This is going to be an amazing thing for you. God is going to bless this podcast and bless you and your career and your life more than you ever know. Just stay with that confidence. Appreciate it, bro. I, I really do. And that means a lot, especially, you know, just like I was telling you, man, seeing your stuff from when I was young, right? Super young, 14 years old. I really appreciate that. And we're definitely going to keep doing what we do. And, hey, we're going to be tapped in forever, bro. Forever, bro. Appreciate Love. it. Love. That's going to be all today. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Check out the little dance. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.